Alrighty, good morning, everybody. Fourth of July weekend. Wiz and I going through team capsules, division by division. We're up to the last team in the AFC South, and that is the Tennessee Titans. Wiz, a lot of things going on here. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit early in the week. Uh, we got an idea for a podcast that'll come out later, but. Uh, I think it's quite notable uh, what's been happening since the signing of Julio Jones. And, uh, you know, the Tennessee Titans already had a very formidable offense. I'm going to give you a statistic in, in a minute. But, uh, yeah, Tennessee, uh, they are the team that's going to be giving uh, the Indianapolis Colts a run for the money in this division. Yeah, I mean, those teams, you know, they look, they look so good. Uh, and the, the Titans... Yeah, I think I think with the addition of Julio Jones and combining him with AJ Brown, I mean, there's nothing else to say except Ryan Tannehill has to be drafted as quarterback one in all formats now. And I understand they still have Derrick Henry, but I'm a little worried about the carries that Derrick Henry's had, starting with the end of his career at Alabama and his NFL career. And uh, I'm just wondering if uh, the Titans aren't thinking that you know we're gonna we're gonna you know give Henry, ease him off a little bit on the carries, and uh, we're going to throw the ball to these two big, powerful, fast receivers, and uh, I think it could be a lot of fun, and uh, I think Ryan Tannehill was the clear beneficiary, fantasy football-wise, of that acquisition of uh, Julio. Yeah, and we've seen, uh, certainly, if we start looking at prognostications, uh, they've changed as, a se- as the preseason has worn on post the trade of Julio Jones. And, you know, we haven't even talked about Josh Reynolds yet. And, and uh, by the way, this is a team that did lose a lot of targets. Let's not forget that Corey Davis was a huge part of this passing game last year. Jonu Smith was their tight end. Uh, Adam Humphreys was a slot receiver here. All those guys are gone, so there are definitely targets that need to be filled. Uh, Wiz, here's the stat I'm going to give you. Since Ryan Tannehill took over as quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Do you know that they have scored more touchdowns? They're first of all, the third highest scoring team in the NFL last year. And Derrick Henry's been a big part of that too. Uh, and I think to, to Wiz's point, the amount of touches that the player has had between college and pros has been astounding. And he's been unstoppable. But, you know, this team actually scored more touchdowns in the last year and a half than any other team in the NFL. That includes the Chiefs, and the Green Bay Packers. So I was pretty astounded by that. Um, but that is the case. And, and, and you know, has made the case, and we've seen it happen, that Ryan Tannehill in most pr- uh, preseason prognostications has moved into the top 10 for a quarterback. And, you know, I don't know. Does it make a material difference? Because if we look at the year, and A.J. Brown was banged up last year, uh, operations on his knees. Uh, but if we look at the year that Corey Davis had, you know, t- and John o. Smith was on this roster. Tannehill had very capable guys to throw to. I don't know. Is Julio that much of a difference for this offense? You know, you and I have been ultra critical of Julio Jones in the past. He's going to be playing more games, not in a dome now, more on grass surfaces. That'll be a slower surface for a player like Julio. He, was, he had the luxury of playing eight games in a dome stadium. Uh, my feeling is that Julio will be overdrafted in all these leagues. Once again, AJ Brown to me is still the primary uh, beneficiary from from Ryan Ryan Tannehill's catches but you know Tannehill gives you that dimension too Wiz where he's able to run the ball he 
scores on touchdowns probably five or six times a year as well. Uh, so yeah, I, I get the case, but he's definitely moving up. So he's going to cost a lot more money. You're not getting Ryan Tannehill for one or two bucks at the end of a draft or getting him in like the 12th or 13th round. It's going to, it's going to be a little bit more of a different situation th- this time around. So, and you, and when you talked about the running game with Derek Henry and, you know, Henry has a lot of wear on his tires. They've brought Brian Hill uh, in to, to, I think, potentially be the backup here. We know they drafted Darrington Evans last year. Um, uh, McNichols was on this roster. He actually uh, w- was actually the number one producer after uh, Derrick Henry. I guess when you're looking at a situation like Henry, Wiz, though, if you're worried about workload breaking down, you know, he's, he's a player that's not had an injury uh, to this point in his career. Uh, do you see anybody stepping up? Is a, is a Brian Hill capable, or if a guy like Derrick Henry goes down, are you just going to be dealing with you know three guys kind of carrying the load for for Derrick Henry while he's out? Yeah, the latter. Um, I, I'm, yeah, I think if, if something would have happened to Henry, it would be a committee and not much confidence in in any of those players. And Derrick Henry has carried the ball almost seven hundred times the last two years. Um, you know, an amazing workload. Uh, And at some point, I'm just worried about when that's going to catch up to him. His workouts that he does in the offseason are obviously outrageous. And it looks like he did, uh, you know, play and play and play. But it's a lot of carries. But it's difficult as far as a handcuff goes. But Derrick Henry should be drafted as a top five running back in all formats because there really is nobody to worry about uh, any competition and uh, injuries as we've seen can happen to anybody. Um, so uh, until, until you see him slowing down, maybe the following year's draft, worry about it. But still, I think the player should be drafted in all formats as a top five guy, a workhorse guy. Maybe they'll even use him more on, on some third downs now. But uh, that being said, their offense that it's improved so much even bodes you know better for Derrick Henry because yeah. you know I was going to say Brown and Reynolds and Julio they're going to be they're going to be throwing the ball all over the park as well yeah and that's the thing so like are, are we looking at a situation where you can't stack the box even against a player like Derrick Henry because and, and I know you like Josh Reynolds I like him as well um, they did draft Des Fitzpatrick as a bigger receiver out of Louisville. Who gives them another downfield presence? If there were the, if there was an injury, I think this is a player that could potentially be a factor uh, on this roster. I, you know, I expressed some concern last year with AJ Brown. So many times, and I was an AJ Brown owner in a number of leagues. I, I can't I can't put my number. How many times he came limping off a field last year? He would eventually always go back out there. He did have off season surgery and, and appears to be doing better. Um, and he still had a tremendous season despite that factor. But I'll tell you what, I held my breath a lot of times with that player. Um, look, you, you got two injury prone guys, I think, that, that need to be watched in A.J. Brown early in his career who's who's dealt with some stuff, and Julio Jones. And like I said, I mentioned Julio's going, on, going to be on a slower surface here. So you can't completely discount players like Reynolds and and like um, and Des Fitzpatrick who potentially could step in, in in an injury. And, you know, again, I would say if you're putting Julio, Josh Reynolds, and, and A.J. Brown in three wide receiver sets with Derrick Henry on the field, you can't squeeze the box on Derrick Henry. So, yeah, I don't know. He could be a bigger beneficiary from what goes on in this offense this year. Yeah, there's, there's no question. And then we can move on to 
you segued uh, into it, the wide receivers. And uh, the way I look at it, I, I have A.J. Brown uh, as a wide receiver on an all formats. He has to be drafted not only inside the top 12, but, you know, I think inside the top seven or very close top five at the position. I, I wouldn't put him, I wouldn't categorize him in the same thing as Julio, who as he's gotten older. A.J. Brown in like the first or second game of the year, the organization felt that he did something to his knee so bad that he may just call it quits for the year. And I think it was more of a player battling it through. And he ended up playing 14 games, um, 70 catches for 1075 receiving and 11 touchdowns. I think, you know, he's had the procedure um, and he's going to come in, you know, this year, I think with a fury. And uh, I love AJ Brown. Uh, He's a physical, he's, he's, he's like Julio Jones in in his size and speed. Um, and Julio Jones, you know, you and I have been talking, and I agree. He's, you know, difficult to count on and rely on, especially when he was still being ranked as a top 10 receiver. Now he's kind of more in the wide receiver two range. I think that's right. Uh, I'm not sure what my opinion is going to be on him coming to the year, how much equity I'm going to have on the player. But I think at wide receiver two, He's priced in fairly, and I think Josh Reynolds is going to be, you know, the type of guy that is going to, and and it, and it is, you know, a decent chance of happening to fill in if one of the other receivers get hurt. Uh, Julio just seems that's happened more and more as his career has gone on. Well, I think for Reynolds it would have to be an injury for him to become fantasy football relevant. But I think as far as Julio, he's being viewed as a wide receiver too. I think that's right. But uh, I think it's personal preference whether you want to draft a player at that spot. So, Wiz, I, I was looking at this, and, 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 you know, we have to remember Arthur Smith is now, he was a former offense coordinator for the Texans. He's now the head coach uh, for, the, for the Atlanta Falcons. So if we look at Derrick Henry, so Derrick Henry scored 16 touchdowns in, in 2019. He had 17 last year, 1,500 yards last year, uh, sorry, 19, and over 2,000 last year. So if you look at the number of carries, 378 last year versus 303 in 2019. And if you look at the amount of targets that would need to be dispersed, I would say that you'd see Derrick Henry's rushing attempts be more around that 303 number than the 378, given the offensive personnel. And like, you know, we talked about this. I thought that A.J. Brown was going to have an 80 catch type season uh, last year. He ended up having 70. I think if he was completely healthy, he would have definitely caught 80 balls. Uh, But I think there's, there's targets to go around. I think there'll be there's a new offensive coordinator. It's not exactly the same show. And I think there'll be more passing attempts. And I think that bodes well for, for, for the pass, for, for the receipt, for the pass catchers in this offense. I would be looking at Reynolds as a, as a definite guy uh, who, if there was an injury would certainly be stepping up in this offense uh, to either of those top two targets. But, you know, I, I do agree that to me, AJ Brown is the guy to target. I'm personally, I'm not going to be sold on on Julio for a number of different factors, and plus the chemistry, right? Like, you know, it takes time to build chemistry. He had some chemistry with Matt Ryan. Uh, He doesn't exactly have that with a guy like Tannehill. So I think he'll be overdrafted. That's my personal view. All right. And, uh, you know, the Titans um, situation at tight end seems – a little bit murky. Uh, Anthony Ferguson seems like he's the starter. They have George Swain as well. But, you know, waiting in the wings is Delaney Walker, who's, you know, skipped last year, didn't play uh, COVID protocols, decided to opt out of the season. He's 35. He hasn't signed for the team. I mean, 
I'm just saying, is there a chance that uh, Delaney Walker could resign? Uh, and whether he does or whether he doesn't, do you view any of the Titans' potential starting tight ends as uh, draftable come this upcoming season? No, I don't. I know there was a few games last year where Fursco, when there was no John Smith on the field, had a couple of big games. But, nah, it's it's a position I'm, I'm staying away from this team. This is a streaming-only option. Even with Delaney Walker in the equation, Walker's probably 36 years old at this point in time. Uh, but, no, nah, I'm, I'm staying away from this particular group, Wiz. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you as well. Uh, as far as their defense, it's interesting, right? Um, you, you know, normally, you know, maybe we'd want to shy away from their defense, and their defense does give up, you know, big, big games and a lot of yards and points. But is there any appeal to the Titans' um, defense? considering that they're likely to be playing four games against subpar quarterbacks. I think it's something to think about on a streaming side. I, I don't think this will be a t- – this was a team that was ranked in the bottom 10 last year. So do they go to a top 10, top 12 defense? Kind of hard to see. I know they've made some additions. Bud Dupree in free agency, uh, Caleb Farley in the draft. Uh, we, we know Simmons is a very strong defender, but I, I think they have streaming – appeal, but not necessarily going to enter that uh, uh, conversation as being a top 12 defense. That's what I would say about that. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would agree with that. And uh, yeah, I don't think uh, anything else needs to be said about kicker or anything like that. So we could just... Well, uh, actually, I, I do want to actually talk about kicker here because it's interesting. So last year, Guskowski, who he was wildly inconsistent. He had a couple of unbelievable games where he kicked a bunch of field goals and long ones, and he had a couple of disastrous games. But he's gone, actually, now, and you have two young guys that are here in in McCann and Hobble, both undrafted free agents. Someone's going to win the kicking job. Um, I would argue, though, that this is... This is kind of an efficient offense. Uh, they only attempted 26 field goals last year. So they, they kick a lot of extra points. So we, we talked about their offense being being a high-scoring offense, but I think they score a lot of touchdowns. They don't necessarily have kicking appeal because they don't attempt a lot of field goals. Having Derrick Henry and T- Tannehill running a more efficient offense, it just does not lead to a lot of opportunities in the kicking game. So that's the only thing I, I, I would talk about there was... Yeah, I think if you're, you know, fourth and one from the other team's 35-yard line and you look back and you could hand the ball off to Derrick Henry or you could bring in your rookie quarter, uh, kicker to try and kick a 53-yarder, I think uh, Mike Vrabel will end up back in the Patriots organization if he elects to go for field goals. <laughs> that is for sure. All right, very good. So that's a wrap-up, Wiz, on, on the AFC South. So we got one more division to complete, and that's the AFC West. Uh, these will be coming out. Uh, you know, we're going to continue to supply each and every week uh, in our view of the league as we go into this 2021 fantasy football season. Uh, very excited about all of it, but we're moving through the league, having fun with it. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, and we're on Apple Podcasts. Wiz, I'll take this time to wish you a very, very happy Fourth of July weekend and look forward to catching up next week with the AFC. West. You got it. You do the same.